a golden god! An equal amount of blueberries in each muffin. To a new world of gods and monsters. <laughs> I don't know who's weirder, you or me. You just put the law in my hands, and I'm gonna break your heart. Nobody puts baby in the Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. There is no Welcome back to Movies for Life. I am one of your co-hosts, Brian Kuyper. And I'm your other co-host, Michelle Egan. So today, we are going to fray our nerves to the limit of <laughs> what is possible, I think, uh, with one of the most stressful double features we have ever covered. Yeah. And these happen to be, a, this is another remakes episode. We've done one before when we did uh, The Invisible Man from 1933 and 2020. And so now we're covering two versions of, they're essentially two adaptations of the same novel, yeah. different approaches to that same source material. Uh, and they are both stone cold classics, five-star masterpieces in my opinion. I think they are both brilliant. Indeed they are. <laughs> There's one that yeah. I've, favor more than the other but i love them both yes and there's one that i slightly favor as well You'll and i think they're opposite <laughs> see which is which i think they are too yeah but i mean it's a matter of millimeters of difference right. you know <laughs> it's just little things here and there but we're going to kind of cover them both at the same time so yeah. we're doing things a little bit different um, because they hit some similar plot points and we should probably say what they are. What huh? they are. They didn't yeah, get that so from the title. Why, why don't... Yeah, I know. How about you <laughs> in, introduce the earlier film, the original, as it were, and I'll introduce the remake. The original film we're doing is Henri Clouseau's movie from 1953, The Wages of Fear. And the remake from... Quote-unquote remake. Quote-unquote remake, yeah. Is from 1977, William Friedkin's Sorcerer. Awesome. Awesome fucking movies. <laughs> yeah, two, both both of them are, like we've already indicated, brilliant films, masterpieces in their own way, and just kind of handling this material in interesting and different ways. Now, you've mentioned off-air that some things Wages of Fear handles a little better yep. than Sorcerer, and other things Sorcerer handles better than Wages of Fear. And, you know, it's just, I, I, I didn't know how this was going to play as a double feature for me. I didn't watch them one right after the other, but I watched them pretty close to each other. Yeah. So they actually play pretty differently from each other. They're super different, but I think they still complement each other really well just because of that aspect yeah. where one, okay, one doesn't do such a good job with this part of the story, but the other one does a really good job with that and kind of, they both complete the story in a way to me. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's uh, interesting. It's interesting that that is how these movies work. And, you know, there are a couple of things that structurally 
happen around the same time Mm -hmm. that is just handled in a different way um, that I think is it's interesting in both counts. And they're both pretty long movies. I mean, Wages of Fear is longer at two and a half hours and Sorcerer is two hours, but I never really feel the length of either one of them, especially the Wages of Fear. No, I got so invested in I hadn't seen it in a couple of years when I rewatched it the other day, um, but I was just immediately like sucked right back into it and it got me the whole way through. <laughs> yeah, they both sort of, especially in the truck scenes, yeah. just ratchet the tension to a level that is just unbearable. The exact same reactions I remember having the first time I watched both of these. <laughs> I had it. Yeah. Ag- I had them again. <laughs> They're stressful movies at yeah. some point. They take sort of the lessons of Hitchcock and ratchet them up to a level... Um, that is unique to each individual filmmaker. But because they sort of cover similar ground, we are going to cover them both at the same time in sort of uh, a little bit of comparison just and what we like about each, how each version handles it. So both of them start out with sort of these long sections of setup, you know, uh, where we are learning about the characters and where we are discovering uh, what it, you know, what we need to know about them, you know, for the journey that happens, you know, starting at about the a third through yeah. or so. At the hour mark in both of them, I think. Yeah. This is where I think Sorcerer does a much better job. Yeah. Wages of Fear, I mean, to me, okay, Wages of Fear sets up its themes to me right from the ver- very first shot, though. Mm-hmm. Because the first thing you see is these cockroaches scurrying on the ground on the end. And then you find that sort of pulls back and you see that this little kid has them all tied up on a string. So it's just like this world of cruelty, you know, that people of greater power just sort of being cruel to people that are in a lower position than they are. And I think there may be even some theological implications to that or the universe. You know, we as humans are like um, the universe's cockroaches on a string. (laughs) You know, I think uh, if you want to go really, really deep. You're going really, really deep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, So I, but I think that there's a little bit of that implication going on. But I mean, it's not just the cockroaches because I mean, not long after that, you've got the guy who just goes over and starts chucking rocks at that dog yeah he just all he says is like i hate strays or something i hate <laughs> like, strays and that's wow and what's funny is this, this whole town uh seems to be full of quote unquote strays yeah you they know are. what i mean yeah all these humans that sort of land there a little it reminds me a little bit of casablanca you know, kind of, all these yeah. people just sort of end up in this one spot and they can't get out. They're just yep. stuck there. And it's sort of like that by way of, I don't know if you've seen Treasure of the Sierra Madre, but it has sort yeah. of some of that dirty feel of this town all filled with just these desperate people who are just mm-hmm. scrounging to make any kind of living they can get. And some, and they are willing to do just about the worst kinds of things in the world in order to survive. And then they're off they're just kind of lounging around like there's no no nobody has any purpose or direction and it's just it's really sad to like just watch these people in the situation you know they have no nowhere to go physically and it's like they have they have no no ambitions really anymore except to get out that's as far as they can think at this point where they are you know yeah and one thing about wages of fear is we don't really know how any of these people got there i have no idea the main characters i have no idea why (laughs) they're there that's why sorcerer does a better job because at the beginning of that one we get a backstory of every single main character which i 
really appreciated because otherwise like yeah you just kind of get that they're mm-hmm. all down on their luck they don't have money to to get out there's only they say that you know you can't afford a plane ticket and or that's pretty much the only way to get out is to take the yeah. plane right yeah and it costs quite a lot you know it costs to a lot that. and there's not a lot of jobs around because everybody's trying to do the same thing and you pretty much just make enough money to to eat <laughs> it's not yeah. really it's really kind of hard to to save up but yeah i have no idea how why they're there yeah <laughs> They don't give him much of a backstory. Yeah, in Sorcerer, every single one of the characters, you know, you have. Um, I'm, I, I need to pull out the names of the characters, and that's another thing: is the characters are they're kind of nameless in a weird way throughout the movie. That you don't hear yeah. them refer to each other by name in yeah. either film very much. A little bit more, maybe was, in Wages. It was it was a while into Wages before someone, I think uh, Vera Clouseau's character, finally said like the main guy's name, and I was like, "Oh, his name's Mario." Okay, thanks. Right, exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't have yeah. gotten that. But in Sorcerer, yeah. yeah, I had to look on Wikipedia to see what the character names were, even though I had like the mm-hmm. subtitles on, and yeah, I, w- I would think I'd be able to catch them that way sometimes. But no, yeah, I thought that was interesting yeah. about that. Yeah, but I mean, we we end up with um, Kasem, who is is he Palestinian or Israeli? I can't remember. I think so. But it's it's, it's in in Jerusalem. Then there's a there's a bombing, uh, and he was going to be well, Nilo is the first one, right? Nilo is the first one, and and that's a organized crime situation. <laughs> it's, yeah. it I like seems, that you know. his character is the Joe character in Wages. I like how they kind of look the similar, so I could at least make they that do. connection between those two. That's a good point. Yeah. The suit and the mustache. <laughs> Though it's interesting that those two characters, you know, uh, the Roy, who is played by Roy Scheider in the Mario character, who is played mm-hmm. by Roy Scheider, I should say, in, in Sorcerer, those two characters in Wages of Fear are very friendly. You know, they, at first anyway, before they get in the truck, and here it's like they don't even know each other. Yeah. I mean, they there's just no connection whatsoever. They don't like each other. They don't trust each other when they get in that truck. Everybody's kind of noticed him and noticed that there's probably kind of dangerous or he's got some kind of connections or they're not he really has some they levels of yeah they don't think they can really he has some trust wealth him. yeah because he wears nicer clothes than they do and all of that but yeah so nilo is is the first one introduced and then we've got uh Kassem and there's you know a bombing situation you know or sort of a terrorist situation he has to he has to flee or he's going to be arrested then you have victor uh played by bruto kramer who is french and he's um gotten himself in financial troubles <laughs> and uh you know his partner kills himself uh, early in the film and it's just sort of dire situations he's he brings he he gets nothing he his wife gives him a watch and that's all he has of any right. value when he leaves the country and then uh Roy Scheider's character Jackie Scanlon and he goes by Juan Dominguez uh, yeah. while he's in South America. Yeah, Victor, and, I uh, always just called Serrano because he's known as Serrano, Serrano down there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Roy Scheider's character, I mean, obviously by this point, he was, he's a recognizable face. I mean, he had been in Jaws. So, what? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a little movie called Jaws. <laughs> a little and, movie? Yeah, French Connection. He's the one actor, I think, that is recognizable out of any of them, mm-hmm. uh, really in either movie. I mean, the others are kind of character actors that have popped up in various things as well but yeah Roy Scheider's character was a driver for the mob essentially you know and they they have a robbery that goes wrong and I love the setup of that 
<laughs> the, the the way that is done is so good. And the, the church and robbing the sort of racket that's going on in the church basement. Yeah. It's just wild. I was like, you know? that's not on the up and up, I don't think. <laughs> no. <laughs> that, that amount of money in the church basement? No, that would definitely not be. Wow. I mean, that's yeah, that was just insane stuff. And, and so they hire these hitmen to go after him the hitmen, two of them, that we get a pretty good look at in the opening shot, uh, in the opening sequence there, because that's important for the ending. I may not have remembered that. Oh! (laughs) We get a pretty good idea of what these guys, of of the hitmen that are going after him look like. And that's important to remember for when you get to the end of the movie, right, Michelle? No, no. What are you talking about? I'm teasing. I'm teasing. But um, anyway, I liked all the little stuff with some of the characters and these mm-hmm. um, these little sections with just them. Like I love the stuff with Victor and his wife. Yes, like the the watch scene. that uh, she gives him. I liked the inscription. Yeah, the inscription on it was um, in the tenth year of forever. And right. uh, when he says like I love you, I love how she asks still. It's like always. I thought that was really sweet. <laughs> yeah, it's very That's nice. That's a good moment. It's very nice. And then there's like some uh, like darker like moments with um, with Jackie's mm-hmm. storyline. Like because the, when they're doing the, the robbery, first of all, like I said, I love the way that like it's set up. But the, the priests are all like in the basement, like um, gathering up collection money from like all the different parishes. And it's just like it just looks so like grimy and wrong. It looks like a. It looks like, it looks a, like a, a, a Vegas. Yeah, it looks like a Vegas counting room. You right, know? Exactly. I mean, it, it, it's and I think that it's not on the up and up. It is definitely you know they've uh, been taking advantage of people to get this money. It's always like just like uh, dirty stuff uh, on the surface like, too. Like there, this is happening during a wedding where yeah. you see very clearly that the bride has a pretty nasty black eye and the the groom like he makes a face at one point while the priest is talking he's just like like he just looks like so annoyed and bored and you're just like because this is gross you know so and then even geez i'm sorry even jackie has this big huge bruise on his jaw that that i didn't really they before never the really accident? say it before the accident. I didn't they don't even, really notice even that. say anything about it. Yeah. And so there's these hints at backstory, but it actually tells more backstory than Wages of Fear does, Which even though there are hints to things that we don't know mm-hmm. uh, as well. And I think that's uh, fascinating about this as well. And, and the fact that Friedkin really did hop the globe to shoot these scenes, you know. Oh, really? Which, like if they all which, are shot where they mm-hmm. take place? That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, which is, you know, part of what sent the budget on this movie oh. um, <laughs> in into the stratosphere, as it were. So Oops. that which became a problem after its release. But we'll get to that later. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, we have to touch on that at the end, I'm afraid. But yeah, so it's just I love the the setups of these four characters in the opening sequences it's just brilliantly done and it's but it's really economic storytelling too yeah you know because when they show them like in in the same place where 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 is they staying i can't even say it the name of the town where they they end up porvenir or something i am not sure i didn't catch it to be honest when you just kind of like um it's it starts off with like victor in the bar and then jackie comes in like you you know why they're all there you know you know how they all ended up there whereas 
with wages, even though I love wage, I love the um the the setup of the characters there where they're just kind of known around town as like they call them tramps uh-huh. or, or like just kind of mm-hmm. loafers loafing around, not trying to do what they can to to get money, but it's hard to come by in this town. And one thing that this this one has that the other one has a little bit of it with the I guess she's the cleaning woman. Yeah. They, they show her so briefly. Yeah. Uh, just sort of in the beginning and the end. Yeah. She has a couple of little shots where like, there's um, like a little bit of a connection. Like you can hint at maybe some kind of a backstory between her and, and Victor. We don't know because mm-hmm. she gives him, I guess it's some kind of, I, I'm guessing it's like a St. Christopher medal or something that she gives him, but he doesn't really say what it is right. unless, I, unless I miss that before they leave. Yeah. It's, it's like a saint's medal though. Yeah. But in wages, we get the... Uh, gorgeous and wonderful uh, Vera Cluzo as Linda mm-hmm. and she and Mario have a little thing. I just, I, I love her. So <laughs> she's great in this and in, in her brief role. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. a big role, um, but it's very memorable. And she's so different than like, obviously she wasn't in very many movies and I only really know her from Diabolique, um, mm-hmm. obviously, but she's so different in this and she's so like kind of playful and, and charming. I just, I loved seeing her like that. I love seeing her like smile so much more, you know, like as in Diabolique, that was such a, a darker story with a darker character. She's just kind of like having a little bit more fun with this i think even though the other characters in this movie don't treat her very well and i don't like that (laughs) but i also think that underscores that theme of cruelty Mm -hmm. oh yeah people in a higher position will just take advantage of anyone or anything that is in a lower station than they are and it just kind of keeps going when you get to you know the southern oil company yeah. Which just kind of rules this town. It's this American oil company in South America here uh, in wages. Uh, yeah. It's different in Sorcerer. In Sorcerer, it's a it's a local company. Whereas here, this is a, it's an American company that has just sort of invaded and taken over this town in this area. And the mistreatment of the workers is pretty clear. And it's a pretty heavy... Um, Heavy theme here because, okay, so some of the things that I wrote down here is early on we have Mario and uh, Mr. Joe uh, just kind of when they first realize, hey, they're both French. They both, you know, so they have this connection and Mario just kind of takes him around town and just shows him that how horrible everything is, you know. Yeah. Uh, this place is like a prison. It's easy to get in. It's impossible to get out. Uh, but then, you know, we uh, go to this, there's been this huge accident, you know, this explosion on the oil rigs, right? And they show that accident victim, the guy's just like encased in bandages, you know, the burn mm-hmm. victim. And the boss, uh, hey, the boss sends you his regards. I mean, it's just, wow, <laughs> just thanks. This, yeah, this, exactly. This lack of care. <laughs> you know, they talk about, you know, hey, these people will work for peanuts and they'll do anything so we can there's just a sense of being able to take advantage of fully. Um, whereas sorcerer, that's not as big of a theme. It doesn't seem to me. This is sort of a, you know, the workers are getting shit on, <laughs> you know, kind of movie and wages, mm-hmm. you know, even the title wages of fear. I mean, that comes yeah. back. It's like, you know, they're not, they're not paying you to drive. They're paying, they're paying you to be terrified. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Well, I mean, you still kind of get that to me a little bit in, in sorcerer too, because I mean, they have that whole, 
I had to forget the guy's name, but they have the whole conversation about, um, well, first of all, that um, the scene after the oil well has the explosion is so much more intense in Sorcerer. Oh, yeah, where you actually uh, see oh, it God. happen. Yeah. You see it happen. Yeah. You see, like, when they bring the bodies of back into the village, like, there's, like, the bloody bodies. And then there's the guy that's just the body that's completely burned black. Burned black. And yeah. it's, like, mm-hmm. really, really disturbing. And but they have that whole conversation that, you know, even though this happened, you know, we still have to supply a certain amount of oil. Right. So the company, the company is what's more important rather than, you know, shutting down after this huge accident. What it doesn't have is, is, you know, sort of that that streak of, you know. There, there's sort of like a in wages of fear. There's sort of the anti-American sentiment that's in it. There's, there's no doubt that it's there. And frankly, not all the American characters are unsympathetic because there is the the guy that Joe used to know that he used to drive with and stuff. That sort of is one of the people in charge who seems like you know yeah, a decent, he's actually I think he actually enough cares. guy. Yeah, but there's definitely this sense of you know this foreign interest is taking advantage mm-hmm. of these people. Uh, in this third world country. And, you know, hey, uh, that's not unrealistic. <laughs> that's <Right>. absolutely <laughs> the real deal. But Freakin's film sort of takes that out of the equation a little bit. That's what I got from both of them pretty much was just that companies and corporations suck and they don't care about you yeah. as people. <laughs> right, right. The individual people involved may care a little bit more like in Which wages, is, but not so much sure. more in Sorcerer. I would say. In Sorcerer, I mean, there's because he does bring up that whole thing. It's like, you know, essentially they're driving two trucks, even though one truck would be plenty because they expect someone not to make it. (laughs) You know, um, and that's in both. And in fact, there's the whole idea that one crate of the dynamite and Sorcerer, just one, and they have six total, Mm -hmm. just one would be enough for what they need. Why couldn't they just like fly in some fresh dynamite? (laughs) I think it was uh, probably the speed involved with it all. I don't know. But in all honesty, in Sorcerer, I'm jumping a tiny, tiny bit ahead here. After they do the whole, you know, quote, I guess, job interview situation Mm -hmm. where they're actually having them drive and all these things. In Sorcerer, they actually have to prepare their own trucks. They have to like fix them up and get them, which that scene is rad. I mean, that is one of the coolest. I love that montage. Yeah. And And that hero shot of the truck. (laughs) Of the truck, you know, with the lights all come on. Yeah. Um, And, you know, the two trucks that they have, uh, I can't remember what the one is called, but Sorcerer is the name of the truck that is actually driven by Victor. Spoiler alert, the characters that don't make it. Uh, Which is... (laughs) <laughs> which is which is interesting but yeah, i mean sorcerer doesn't survive <laughs> sorcerer looks like a demon that yeah. truck really looks like a demon it's got like teeth on it and this this sort of it looks like a spine <laughs> you know that's that's on on the front of the hood there yeah and there's like a drawing of a demon on it it looks like the pazuzu demon from <laughs> it's only a split second shot it looks like the pazuzu demon from Maybe. from the exorcist I, it's it's wild um, another one of his subliminal messages yeah you know and I, I i guess i guess i never i didn't notice it i was i, I was like really into that scene i watched that and they showed this just split second shot that looked like pazuzu was drawn onto the sorcerer <laughs> truck in chalk and i was like did i see that or not you know that kind of thing it was pretty cool maybe um, yeah, yeah then the other truck the name it's like i don't know if the name of that the other one is but it's kind of like written on what would be like the nose 
you know, the truck right. and it kind of has like a little pointed nose look uh-huh. to it. So, yeah, they both look like uh, characters themselves, as they say, yeah, you know, the for trucks, inanimate objects. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the trucks in Sorcerer, I think, have more character mm-hmm. uh, than, than the ones in Wages of Fear. Because um, they're like hobbled the, together. Like you said, they had mm-hmm. to rebuild them themselves, you know, and, and make them th- what they needed to be to... Uh, to do, make this journey, which by the way, should we say yeah. like what their, what their job is if nobody knows? Yeah, I think we, <laughs> I think we should. Yeah. So in wages of which fear. Which we, we've more or less said, but yeah, yeah go ahead with, it, with wages one. It's a, they're a little bit different and in, in wages of fear, they Slightly, just have, yeah. they have to, they're like we said, they have to take two trucks, both full of jerry cans full of nitroglycerin. Um, they have to take them like 300 miles through the, um, mountain what do we call it the desert mountains it's, it's like it's like them it's like a desert mountain area yeah i mean it's i love that the two um landscapes are so different yeah in these two films i, I one really is very like, like dry and dirty and the other one is very like lush and wet and muddy too. jungle yeah yeah jungle mm-hmm. and then in sorcerer it's kind of a but they both need these um either the nitroglycerin or the dynamite to stop the oil well fire which I googled because <laughs> the both both times when I was watching these movies, I was like, "Why do you need dynamite to stop a fire? I don't get that." Apparently, the blast like causes a shock wave that like pushes all the the oxygen away from the the oil well. So that's what it that's what it does. Which makes does make, sense. Does that yeah. make sense? <laughs> yeah. I did not know that. What I find interesting is in Wages of Fear, the company's kind of well supplied. You know, they have trucks. You know, they're they're older they don't have shocks and great suspensions or anything like that but they're serviceable you know they're not they're not pieces of crap and then they have all that nitro on hand yeah you know um they know how dangerous and and even that moment when they're loading the truck with nitro and the one worker slips it's it's just like that made my heart stop (laughs) absolutely absolutely whereas in sorcerer the company's not well supplied. They're not very well. They're not very prepared. They're like all of their buildings and stuff, their signs and everything are just rusty and shitty mm. and everything. Which is why their dynamite sucks. <laughs> Which is why their dynamite is bad because their dynamite, they have this this shack. I mean, it's like this yeah. crappy shack in the jungle filled with these rotting cases of dynamite that have been there for over a year. And that when, when dynamite sits for a long time, it sweats nitro glycerin and so all of it has has leached out of the of the actual sticks of dynamite into the bottoms of these cases uh that are sort of like concealed in wax paper and he just he gets some on his hand i love this shot this moment where he has a little bit on his hand and he's like holding it like so carefully and he goes outside and just flings it and it just blows up on the ground i mean just it's like oh man so just this little these few little drops uh, would just cause this, this little yeah they do the same thing in wages or he just make, yeah. he drops one little drop down on the ground drop. And you, it goes boom <laughs> so yeah. that it kind of makes you realize like uh, how volatile this these substances are and you know sets up yeah. like the whole the reason why these movies are so freaking stressful is like any little bump um mm-hmm. of these trucks could cause them to freaking explode and it's just yeah ugh. which i think this is where i think wages does a better job than sorcerer in in the sense in like, of how they in the sense of building up that that tension and keeping it up throughout the whole movie i think wages okay. it was a little more effective for me okay okay well 
what's interesting about Sorcerer is the trucks are just are not like filled to the brim mm-hmm. with. <laughs> They've got these, like three you know, crates cans. in each, and they're like sand they or have something. Sand on the yeah. ground to to stop them from from bumping. But for for me, that I I don't know. It still works for me. I oh, it, it still works. I just yeah. I just felt way more intense with wages. <laughs> I guess I always feel the tension in Sorcerer too. I never think to myself because I mean, even like when later when they're when the water is pouring in through the top of the canvas onto the crates in the back. It's like, what the hell is this going to do to this stuff? You know, I think that's, and you know, and it's, you know, it's making the sand uh, so it doesn't have the same effect. It it, it can't, it's not going to have the same shock absorbing effect, you know? So I don't know for me, for me, it's, (laughs) it's just as good. I, I don't, I don't feel it. I guess when they start on this drive, it's interesting because there are a couple of things that I like. Well, in in Wages of Fear, um, they have them put on the uniforms. Yeah. <laughs> and it says, you know, even when they guillotine you, they dress you up first, you know, <laughs> it's just this, which is just this perfect line and moment there. But but then you get them in the trucks, right? Well, they both start and, out, remember, there's the original four that, they, that are chosen yeah, to be yes. drivers. Yeah. But then one somehow doesn't make it in both of them. Yeah. To be replaced by the gangster guy. <laughs> the way that's done Joe in wages and, is you know. is mysterious. Is interesting, mm. you know. The way that did he I just mean, intimidate him? Did he that's kill what him? I don't, yeah. <laughs> did he kill him or did he intimidate? Him? I don't know. Yeah. To me, it seems more like he would. When you see Joe later on in the movie, it seems to me like he probably wouldn't really have the guts to actually I would, kill him. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think he would have killed you him. Know? Whereas with the uh, with. Uh, the other character in Sorcerer. That's the first shot of the movie is him killing yeah, somebody. <laughs> like he absolutely would kill him. Yeah. You know, I mean, the guy, the guy's deadly. So it's, it's, it's an interesting, um, interesting difference in the character there. But, uh, you know, it, Joe getting into the truck and being so cautious, driving so slow at first, sweating right from the beginning. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, I just think I have a touch of malaria. You know, then after a while, it's like Mario's like, you're just a coward, aren't you? Uh, you know, well, I would be too in this situation. I'm sorry. Well, there's no way in hell that I would volunteer for this job. I'm sorry. No. I don't think I would get that desperate, but that's just me. Uh, you know, as they, as they get going now, w- there's some interesting things that happen. You know, I, I think there's, m- seems like there's more that happens at the beginning part of the journey in wages, like, uh, the whole thing where he's going too slow and the other trucks getting impatient and they're like, all right, just let us pass you. So they go first and then they explain the washboard, the washboard. and I love this. I love, I this love part. this. It's like where the wind the wind puts grooves into the yeah. sand in the road. If you go too slow, you'll it's bump way too much. Yeah. You'll you'll bump too much and and it'll and it'll you'll die. Um <laughs> in this situation with nitro yeah. in your truck, yes. <laughs> yeah. So they're going they're in this situation where they need to go fast to and these trucks are ca- kind of old and so they mm-hmm. take some time to get going and <laughs> Oh, man. It's like we got to stop. It's like, well, we don't have enough time, and we got. <laughs> uh, anyway, do you want to talk about the washboard sequence? I mean, sure. it's just well, I mean, kind okay. of it's 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 the first one that just makes yeah. you kind of go, uh, you know. Well, the first one, like you said before, was the guy walking up that ramp yes. carrying the one can, and he just yeah. uh, 
seriously like yeah, i, I see this before and i had forgotten that moment and mm. i just went <gasps> again yeah. even though you know nothing's gonna happen it's it's still it still gets to you but this is why i think wages does a little bit better job like because there's very um when when they leave uh they first leave for their journey journey and and sorcerer they just kind of like the truck just kind of idles out and it's like well uh and there's not really any tension for um the 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 speed and not bumping like even a little bit that's why there's so many like close-up of the mm -hmm. tires and uh, in wages and just the way that there's they pull out very very slow and they're just very sure. careful of like every little every little movement of a truck like that's that's what really kind of gets to me there's a there's a moment in sorcerer though where you know where they're going because part of it is the terrain in sorcerer is like intensely mm -hmm. bad i mean the the roads are incredibly narrow and there's this part where the they're they're just their tires are just barely on the edge of this road at all <laughs> and he he likes he has to stop and he has because there's this rock you know right there in the it's like right in the front of the frame too yeah. and and the tire is like right there and he backs it up and he shifts it around and roy scheider you know like hanging out the door to yeah to to see what he can see and all that and so i i don't know i like that a lot i think that the way it's done is interesting too and you know in sorcerer the first major sort of obstacle situation is not uh like the washboard it's um, although the washboard is the washboard is referenced in in sorcerer mm -hmm. do you see that all right no i missed it right before they get to um where uh the the wood is is rotten out there's a he, they leave that oh, little okay. map and he says good luck right you can yeah. see like on the map down below it says like where they started and then it says washboard on it. Like Oh, okay. There's like a little section okay. this I was like, Hey, that's from the original one. Yeah, I saw the map and the you know, the good luck thing and then <laughs> <laughs> and then then they go over that bridge the and it's and it's rotted out which is a lot like the scene in wages of fear i'm, so, I'm um, not saying the sorcerer does a bad job I'm, i feel it i just maybe it was just whatever like mindset or just maybe we just kind of sucked me in a little bit more but i just i felt it so much more like um throughout a lot of the movie more just than in little specific scenes in Sorcerer, you know. Okay, I guess I've I guess I feel it just as intensely throughout Sorcerer. It, it might have um, just been so that, but that, when I watched just, it, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who knows? If who I watched knows? it tonight, I, 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 maybe I'll feel it differently. But that's just that was what I got from these last couple of rewatches. Even though, like, yeah, Sorcerer, yeah, there's that, there's one little shot. They both do a really good job of like those close ups when they're um yeah when the tires are like right on the edge of something. Like, yeah. there's one in Sorcerer where they're making a turn. Or whatever, and you can just see like the back tire is like just like just, that much. It's off the barely road. Yeah. making it, and you're like, oh, yeah. God, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, um, oh, after they they uh, that source where um, he's he's rolling over it like as the boards are falling away, mm -hmm. or is that in wages? <laughs> I'm getting confused. <laughs> well, the it's in wages, it, well, it's both of them because in wages you have that platform that that falls away, you know, like just as they're going up. It. But yeah, there those both instances where like both those movies do that is just ah. <laughs> something yeah, as and simple as that when like you know the context mm -hmm. is so freaking intense. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I just, you know, like as I've already said, I mean, when either of us say anything that we think one does better than the other, 
realize that both of them do that yeah, brilliantly. <laughs> so, I mean, there's these, these are just minor, minor observances more than anything. For example, the extended road platform thing in Wages of Fear, I that the whole thing where you find out just sort of Joe is going to run away. He's kind of Mario really loses his shit with him in this. Yeah in this sequence and understandably so you know to some extent but he also did practically just run over the guy yeah <laughs> uh, you know and then um, he ran away to avoid the potential blast <laughs> exactly yeah. and what happens there you know when that hook on the side of yes. the truck gets caught on the cable uh and it's pulling apart the hooks on there and that's you know that's going holding to the thing up take the whole thing down <laughs> yeah. i imagine when william Friedkin was preparing sorcerer he's like there's no way i can top that by doing it the same way you know by doing by doing an extended platform and all that i can't right. top that so what i'm going to do instead is i'm going to have <laughs> them drive these freaking trucks across a suspension bridge over a river and the suspension bridge is completely rotted out because these sequences happen at about the same place in the movie. And to me, they're kind of the centerpieces of the movie. You know, these are the, these are the parts that are just like, I mean, these are the, the moments of the movie. I mean, if they, I don't think as great as everything around them are, these are the things that I remembered most from both. Oh, totally. You think in Sorcerer, I, I kind of got like um, maybe he was kind of teasing with the scene right before that when the tire just gets stuck in the the rotted wood like oh that's that's his um yeah you know, extended road yeah that's what i that's what i thought it, too. from way just like oh but no he takes it a step that's just uh, which that's a really good moment too like when the tire goes down and like the look mm-hmm. on Cassim's face <laughs> yeah you can feel you totally feel that and just like the also just like the tension between the characters yes um, and, and that's something so that i think more. is stronger yeah it's, it's it's a lot more in sorcerer like you can feel because like, the, the contention the, they don't know each other they don't trust each other they mm-hmm. don't seem to really even like each other yeah in sorcerer whereas i don't feel that so much in the other one i mean in wages of fear they set up the guy who was originally going to drive is a real asshole you know the guy who ends up hanging himself he's just kind of kind of no, a that was, jerk well, that was a different guy oh what well, okay the the guy in the bar mm-hmm. he's Bernardo just sort of a little kid oh, okay because i think that the way that they set they set the characters in such a way that they you know like luigi's really not really likable and yeah. we we've we learned and this is something we didn't mention earlier he uh uh, because of all the work he's been doing on construction sites, he has cement in his lungs and he has like six months to a year to live. Yeah. And so it's, there's not, things are not looking good to him. So that's why, you know, he would, so it makes sense that he would do this. I mean, it's, it makes sense that he would do something if he, um, that if he, he dies, would risk he dies. something on this level. Yeah. yeah. If he dies, he dies. If he makes it, he's got some money for his family. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. that's, I think that sheds a lot of light onto that. There is, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And there is interesting thing with, uh, with Mario and Linda. So it's, I, I kind of like, so like I said, I don't really like the way that she gets thrown around a lot and she gets <laughs> like, um, like he acts like he cares about her and then he acts like he doesn't care about her, which I kind yeah. of understand, um, when she, as they're, they're first leaving, and she kind of jumps up onto the truck and is like crying and you know begging him not to go and he's just like you know get out of here and like throws her down. I kind of understand maybe that's where if he does actually care for her that he's 
not wanting to feel that in the moment because he can't have that emotional attachment to distract him from what he has to do. Right. So mm-hmm. I kind of so I kind of get that. And again, I just love seeing, it was very sad yeah. seeing Vera, Vera Cluzo treated that yeah, way. I know, the, I know. the guy that runs but, the bar, like fucking asshole. Oh, my God. Right. Right. I But I thought that the the other the driver who was originally picked was one of the guys that was sort of hassling Joe and Mario while they were in the bar. You know, that group of mm-hmm. of guys that were kept on turning the radio back on yeah. and all that. I thought he was one of them. <laughs> I think so. But yeah. So, you know, that other character, uh, Bimba, he's um, he's a German. I think he's uh, is it comes it you suspected earlier but it becomes pretty clear by the end but he was also like a in resistance to the not so it's it's a interesting sort of post-war element that isn't can be included in a 1950s movie that not as much in a 1977 film uh so i think that is uh, a, a a cool thing so the characters i think in in wages of fear are more likable <laughs> They are. Uh, <laughs> they're they're at least more concerned with each other than yeah. <laughs> than they are in Sorcerer. You know, they actually like care about each other. They care about yeah. It, it hopefully comes, making it comes, all all of them making it through this. In Sorcerer, it's very late in the game where they start to yeah. kind of have at least some respect for each other. And the guys and the the guys talk to each other a lot more in in they wages. Do. You know, there's more conversations with them in the truck. You learn a little bit more about them and and even knowing what little backstory you know we get from them yeah you do like them i kind of found myself liking luigi a lot more because you know like we said mm-hmm. he you know he had a death sentence basically but yet he's like one of the the happiest most jovial guys like the whole time yeah that they're on this journey yeah which is uh kind of sad but it's also definitely endears you to him mm-hmm. and um yeah joe, the thing agree. with joe and mario um you understand like Joe's very cautious the whole time. And um, yeah, I I don't know that I really like Mario's impatient with. Yeah. (laughs) And I don't really like how they kind of set up Joe, you know, he's such a coward and he runs away. He's like, well, I'm sorry, but I would be too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I think everyone's sort of disappointed in Joe because yeah, that's the thing. He he starts out so like everyone has such great likes him so much. I mean, there, he's mm-hmm. even, well, Mario even at the does. very beginning when he when he first pulls out of the Southern Oil Company's, you know, just sort of through the gate. Yeah, he's going slow and everything, but people are like, yeah, this guy this guy knows what his what he's doing. You know, yeah. there's a real sense of that. But then you know, as they get on the road for a while it's like you're going too slow are are, are you are not doing your job the way you said you could i think as it goes on there's just this sense of disappointment with the guy and mario frankly gets really pissed off at him and he freaking runs him over (laughs) you know it's like you know when he did not when he doesn't need to do it yeah when joe was not joe doing all this stuff when he was the one to take the job from somebody else yeah so he should have been awesome at it another scene on the road that adds some tension that is really weird is the part where the native guy yes starts running in front of the <laughs> truck so weird and he starts messing and he starts messing around on the truck and it's like what is he gonna do is he gonna blow them up right here just for screwing around with this truck yeah and he's just yelling get out of the way get out of the way it's like is he gonna run him over what is he gonna do i mean it's like 
oh, that's one of those scenes that is not in Wages of Fear that is sort of like really bizarre and really interesting. (laughs) And it's got sort of that Friedkin sensibility because, I mean, I think Friedkin kind of like Coppola uh, sort of subscribes to this idea of put weird shit in your movie because it'll make it memorable. Like there's this part where (laughs) this guy opens a Coke can with his gun. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's a coke bottle i mean it's a coke right, bottle yeah. he actually he, he has his gun and sort of like where where it's uh extended you know so the barrel sticks out farther and he puts it under the the lid and he just pops the top off of this coke <laughs> bottle with his gun and i thought wow that's was that one of the, really the cops that like shakes him down yeah yeah oh, right. i didn't early on that. yeah 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 i actually think that coke bottle is kind of important to Oh, absolutely. Jackie. Where where he's looking at the poster. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the, because he's looking at the woman. But, but then, then he's he really focusing the on the Coke bottle. Yeah. Yeah. I and think then the police are drinking it right in front of him while they're shaking yeah. him down. Yeah. It's like it's kind of the same thing like with Mario's got that um, like drawing of the Metro with all the pinups right. on as well. Mm-hmm. And he keeps that little Metro ticket. Uh, ticket. Yeah. 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 It's always a, that you know wanting to go home kind of thing yep that's what it's all about <laughs> it's all it? about but sorcerer Ooh. does not have the the washboard scene um one thing about that scene in particular though is when because they they the trucks are supposedly supposed to be like a good enough distance away from each other so that if one of them blows up <laughs> they, yeah it won't be an issue it right, won't be yeah. an issue for the other one but at the yeah. end of the washboard there's oh that scene really got to me because the that one in front brutal. yeah they had to slow down but the the truck behind them was was coming up and they have to go like 40 miles an hour over over these ruts so that you know the whole the whole way through, it's like a couple of miles that they have to go and like uh-huh. when they get to the end they're getting they're heading toward the end of the washboard and the other truck is there and like there's a shot where it's, they get so close to the back of the the truck in front of them and that's that was really well yeah. done <laughs> yeah that is that is that is one of my that's one of the great moments of that movie yeah uh, it's terrific. And then right before I liked, well, I liked yeah, it right before they get to the the extended the part where the road is extended. There is I like that little sign of the skull and crossbones with a pipe. Yeah, in and its he mouth. throws <laughs> the piece of garbage at it. Yeah, <laughs> I love that part. Yeah. So yeah, sorcerer suspension bridge scene. Yeah, the suspension <laughs> bridge scene. I think honestly, this to me is the best scene in either movie. Uh, I mean, it's just breathless i mean for i don't i don't know how long it even lasts but it it feels like forever but it seems to go by so fast at the same time you know it feels like excruciatingly slow to me yeah and you know after the one truck gets over it and then the other after you know breaking all the boards and everything Mm -hmm. along the way and then the second one has to do it too and uh kamar is out there you know on the on the bridge and he hurts his leg and he gets stuck and he almost gets run over and Oh, it's incredible. And well, on the bridge, um, there's only like there's only planks on either side that are wide enough mm-hmm. for their tires for them to drive on. So it yep. has to be like so precise. And it it wasn't even really that that got to me. It was like the wide shots. Anytime the truck when like, it, it's swayed, leaning. I was like I was like ah! <laughs> No, it, I don't like incredible. that. <laughs> when it when it's when it's oh. just 
both and they show both of them do it i mean it's yeah. almost like you get to watch the scene twice i mean because both of them do it and it <laughs> and it leans so far to the side mm-hmm. in that shot <laughs> it's just incredible and um oh well yeah but when you it's going to deal the- with my recommendation but uh there's a there's something that william friedkin has some interesting details uh d- okay. discuss in this scene but i i can't i don't want to misquote him so i'm not going to say what they are <laughs> but um <laughs> it was just it was just like his stories about telling that because it didn't get didn't work the first time they couldn't get the wind and the rain right and all the water so they had to find a different place to shoot it and all these things that happened and it was just because it wasn't right but i tell you what what ended up on film is about as right as scenes in movies get like this (laughs) you know i mean it's it's incredible this is one of those movies I wish I could see on a giant screen. Yeah. Just for that scene. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and the rest of the movie would be a bonus. I bet watching it that way, I would I would feel that a lot. I felt the tension yeah. a lot in this scene. But yeah. yes, it is also like pouring down rain. So they can't really hear each yeah. other very well. They can only really see mm-hmm. each other. The guy that's driving and the guy that's kind of guiding him along. And uh, yeah, and like you said, like once Scheider and the other guy. <laughs> I forgot his name already. Once they get across, then the other one has to get across. You're like, oh my God, now the bridge is like even weaker. Weaker. And and just again, watching it just sway back and forth. That's that's not right. Why did you do that to me? Freaking. (laughs) And that's one thing I like about the jungle setting of this one Mm -hmm. is that weather is much more of an issue in this. Yeah. It's not really an issue in wages at all. It's mostly just hot. Hot. Yeah. Which the heat is a problem because that could blow up the nitro too. True. So if they're sitting in one place for too long, you know, it, it could blow it up. And they mentioned that. But that's when, you know, it's also, you know, during the scene where they have all the water just pouring in through the canvas top that's covering mm-hmm. the dynamite. You know, he kind of keeps looking back at the boxes and the sand is and sawdust or whatever they have back there is kind of turning to mud. And <laughs> it's, it's pretty horrifying. Um but yeah, I really do like that the weather is a factor to build tension as well. And it goes both ways because there are heat spells and then there are these yep. torrential downpours and the mud and getting the possibility of getting stuck is very real um, all the way through. Um, I like that about this one. Joe has a good line before the next big plot point that I really liked um, from Wages um, was before i think another one that i liked was um luigi asked bimba how old he is and bimba says he's 100 right because i mean that's how he feels to get 100 yeah Yeah. and then joe he has a line here where he's like i've died 50 times since last night (laughs) you know so you can just you can feel the uh what these guys are going through with this whole thing and yeah it only gets worse. It's a little bit different again in both of them for the next big one. I think in wages, there's a large boulder yep. in the road and then the sorcerer, there's a giant tree that has tree. fallen over and they're on the road. The way both these scenes are handled is really excellent. Mm-hmm. I mean, these sequences are incredibly well done. Now, one thing that you get in wages of fear is at the end of this, all those rocks flying Yes, that almost hit the trucks <laughs> that you, you don't get that in sorcerer, but, I got to say in Sorcerer, I really like, and there are a lot of them, but this sequence is the one where I really thought about it more, was these sequences of just them working in silence. 
Yeah. There's just a lot of long, silent sequences in Sorcerer, especially, that I think are really effective. And I think the contraption that they devise (laughs) uh, to blow up the tree is really ingenious. That's cool. You know, filling the pocket up with sand and cutting a hole in it so it would empty slowly to give them time to get away. And in Wages of Fear, it's, it's, uh, you know, using, using the palm branch to get the nitro down into the inside the boulder. Uh, He's got a, like, Luigi has to make a hole tamp it down makes tamp, a hole yeah, in it. it they're using the thermos to pour the nitro down the palm branch into the hole so it doesn't yeah. like just pour and blow up i was wondering what he was doing at first and i was like oh okay yeah that's probably a good idea to do like that yeah i gotta slow it yeah. down everything has to be done so slowly with these can they're carrying the cans you know so slowly and carefully mm-hmm. now in and what's what is interesting though? I gotta say because they just in in um, Sorcerer, I think this scene is really important in a lot of ways because it gives you a sense of what just one box will do. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because he just all he does is he puts that little hole in the bottom so that the nitro starts leaking out the bottom, and then they drop the rock drops down on onto it and it blows that whole tree up. Right. And you're just like that that could easily take out just one of those could easily take out one of those trucks. And they each are carrying three. Yeah. You know, so I I think that there's that sense of that tension being reminded of the tension totally. of the danger of the situation. You know? Totally. And in wages like they only need like a little a quart, I think. Is all they use, yeah. and the, yeah, the back of the back of the trucks, bit. the back of the trucks are full of this stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And this this causes this huge boulder to explode. And yeah, you do get the thing. Uh, they've they've driven the trucks, they think, further enough, you know, far, far enough, far enough away <laughs> to avoid you know anything happening. But yeah, the little pieces of they the rock are, are falling um. down onto the <laughs> trucks. But then there's also. Um, there's also like the the jerry can that they used that, that they yes. took out of the truck. Yes. You, you see one oh, truck, cut, you see one rock rolling <laughs> down the hill. It stops just before it hits that can. You're like, oh shit. Yeah, that's. <laughs> you it's, see it's, Joe looking at it. He's shaking like a fucking leaf. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I would be too. And there's a great moment too because Luigi had run back for some reason. I think like they they think that the trucks mm. aren't far enough away, and then he's like, oh, I'm gonna go stop it, but he gets kind of caught up in the blast and. They, they come up to him and he's lying on the ground and they think he's dead. And then there's a cute moment with him and Mario because they kind of do the ha ha ha, you know, I cheated death laugh thing together right. when, they, when, he, when he shows that he's okay. But then they have a really serious moment where like Mario kisses him and gives him like a hug that's just like a little bit tighter, you know, like, no, dude, right. <laughs> I'm really glad that you're okay. You know, that's yeah. a good moment between those characters. You know, it's... um yeah, it's a Oh, and then they make a toast. <laughs> right. And they make a toast on the boulder, which means they piss on it. <laughs> right. I thought that was funny, right. too. <laughs> yeah, it's good. You know, what's funny, you know, I, I said, I really do feel that Clouseau uh, sort of took the lessons of Hitchcock and sort of ratchets them up mm-hmm. in both Diabolique and in Wages of Fear. Everything about uh, how to build suspense in a way that is not clinical, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. is is done here. You are told what's going to happen beforehand. You know what could happen, and then it barely doesn't happen. You yeah. know that right. that is how, <laughs> and that that's the you know, sort of the best suspense moments in Hitchcock. Hitchcock does them 
in uh, environments that are, tend to be, you know, more refined, I guess. So, so they're, they come across different. To me, it seems like I see something like this and I think Hitchcock saw something like this and went, huh, I'm going to do something a little dirtier. So he does, you know, you get like the crop duster scene in North mm-hmm. by Northwest. To me, I always, I guess, see Clouseau, when I started learning about Clouseau, I should say, I sort of saw that he and Hitchcock seemed to have sort of this friendly rivalry where they would just try and learn from each other and outdo each other. Hitchcock totally wanted Diabolique. Clouseau got it first. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And you know what? We're the only ones who win because of that, right? Right. You know, because (laughs) because of that kind of rivalry, because we get great movies. And then, you know, obviously Friedkin is making Sorcerer having learned his lessons from both of these people and from his own experiences, you know, the chase scene in, uh, the French connection, connection, for example, I mean, oh, good, good God, that's one of the best car chases still in any movie. That was, uh, I mean, I it's incredible. Yeah. I hadn't seen the French connection until a, a couple of years ago. And of course I watched it because of that. You know, you hear, yeah. this is the, one of the greatest car chases ever. You, you watch it like, all right, all right, show me movie. Is it really? And I watched it. I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it yeah. is. It definitely <laughs> that was is. fucking great. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but at the same time, the movie's not just that car chase. You know, no, that, yeah, that's totally. one of I the great things about, yeah. about uh, movies like that. You know, and that's one of the things, too, is uh, Friedkin is a sort of a consummate storyteller. He wants to tell a good story. And he wants to tell it using his film language to the absolute max, you know, squeezing every ounce of tension uh, he can out of every scene. Uh, The suspension bridge scene is a great example of that. And then the tree scene is as well, you know, and I just love the, you know, that sequence of them, the four of them finally working together to, to get that tree cleared. You know, it's, it's most of it's silent. These are sort of manly men, right? You know, so they don't have a lot to say, but they don't need to. You just get the sense of what's going on. And it's very much a show me, don't tell me movie. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I love about Sorcerer too. When, yeah. Yeah. And that's the tree scene when right before they all settle on that plan, like they were, they were all fighting like just right before mm-hmm. that, because um, yep. Jackie wanted to like, we'll go, we'll go this way. We'll cut down these trees and make our own way. And it's like, well, what are you going to do with the yeah. stumps and all this stuff? And they were just fighting over what to do. But yeah, when they, they all agree and come up with something together, they can, they realize that they can actually get it done together, which they had yeah. thought of that beforehand. And it creates this moment <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. In both films, you have this moment of bonding between right characters. <laughs> exactly. Right. In Wages <laughs> right of Fear. Certain things in happen. Wages of Fear, I love scene because, you know, Bimba's shaving in yeah, the truck. Yeah, he's shaving in the truck. Which, and, and, and he asks him, you know, why shave? And it's like, if I'm going to be a corpse, I want to be presentable. You know, yep. it's some stuff he learned from his father, you know, because while they were escaping the Nazis, you know, fighting, it doesn't go into much detail, but he's Yeah, that's like, where you get his about, little background, yeah. Yeah, that he was a resistance fighter, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it's like, all right. <laughs> you know, good. <laughs> good. Um, I, can, yeah. I already liked um, you. Good. I can keep liking yeah. you. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it, it, it's just it's just that whole sequence. Then it you know it cuts back to the other guys in the other truck, this, and you this, know 
this scene I think is done the way better done. in Wages of Fear than in Sorcerer. I like it better. <laughs> I like them. I I <laughs> have been struggling with this because I think they there both are things, work. Okay, yeah. Okay, in Wages of Fear, what happens is you know um, Joe starts rolling the cigarette. Yeah. Right. There's a gust of wind that kind of blows the tobacco out, and, and there's a flash of light. Now the flash of light looks a little phony to me. That's that. That's that's a little. <laughs> nitpick and th- and that's okay that's one thing that you do that i sorry to say i did notice i don't mind rear projection and stuff like that but you notice the rear projection oh. in in okay in, in wages <laughs> affair okay I'll give you that okay all right but you know that just shows the passage of time i mean it's not right we suspend our disbelief in different ways now than we did then it's just <laughs> sure. it's fine there's it's not a problem i'm just saying i you'll notice it but but yeah. it's um but then they just look up and it's gone and the truck is just gone. It's really effective. It's but at the same time, I gotta say, I really like the way it's done in Sorcerer too I like the because way it's done in both because of it's them. so <laughs> because it's so personal. I That's like true. the way it's done in that because it's so personal. Because I mean, he's got the watch and he's talking about you know the last thing my wife gave me. All of a sudden, the tire blows out and they're dead. Yeah. I mean, it's just like you know. I mean, I, so well, we had that stuff with Bimba movies. right before. He's talking about being a corpse, and then like two seconds later, he is a corpse. (laughs) He is a corpse, but he's not even that. I mean, he's vapor. All that's left is his cigarette holder. Yeah, I mean, he he. It's like he flew away, is what they say, right? Okay, actually, Um, yes. Okay, I can't. Maybe I can't say that one of them is. I, I think they they both handle uh, they both do it really well in very different ways. They I both think that's, do it the right yeah. way too. I think because the For whole time the whole time you're worried about these trucks exploding right throughout this whole yeah. movie. There's all these scenes of tension, the scenes on the bridge, on the the washboard and stuff. All this and especially in wages, like there's no fanfare to when it actually happens. Nothing. Uh, there's nothing. There's at an ensorcerer either. There's nothing at all that's mm-hmm. gonna lead you to believe that the truck is gonna go blow up right now. And that's exactly, mm-hmm. I think, how it should have done. Like nothing. It shouldn't have been. I'm glad both of them did that way. You know, I think if it had been yeah. like like a big sequence of set piece, yeah, yeah, that it wouldn't have been as effective. It happens because of something ridiculously stupid, and we don't, don't even really you know, don't even know why what it was in wages. in wages of fear. Yeah. You know, it could have been they roll over a rock, you know, and it bumped and they blew up. That's probably what happened, you know. But it's just, it's so, it's so boring and unexpected almost like how it happens, you know, like life, like death, you know. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's what I think is so effective. And it, yeah, it's a, frankly, it's a great moment in both movies. It is. I mean, there's, there's, (laughs) there's no, I I can't. I say that I like the one I wage better than I'm like, oh, okay, but that was really good in Sorcerer because it's like, oh, man, it's so quick. The tire blows out. They're off the edge. And you were like, oh, yeah, there's like you have no time to prepare for that. No, no time to react to it. Really? You're just like, oh, fuck. I mean, it's honestly both. They're both speeches. (laughs) Both speeches are also it's a little bit like, you know, in the cop movie where it's like, hey, it's my last day before retirement. (laughs) Uh, You know, (laughs) you know, you should have seen it coming the way they were talking they are, right they are kind of that scene you know but uh <laughs> it's excellent in both it's fantastic in both movies just talking about regular stuff a character scene and then at the end they're gone mm-hmm. and you know it's tragic in both cases and powerful because you love luigi and bimba oh. i gotta say in wages of fear when he drives up okay so they drive for a while they've seen the explosion happen 
they drive up and there's the pool of where the yeah where the truck where the truck was so that truck has literally produced this crater in the ground yeah it's gone what what does mario say when he gets out we get all the lousy breaks dude (laughs) these two people just blew up and you get the lousy breaks I mean, it's it's, yeah. it's just like the selfishness of this guy becomes very apparent to That's me. That's true. And, you know, yeah. during this sequence, the c- I really dislike Mario. I right. really dislike Mario throughout this because I, I think I've sort of developed a relatability, I guess, to Joe. Um, I uh, Some affection for Joe. And Joe is out there in the middle of this oil swamp. You know, <laughs> trying to wade his way through to make sure it's okay for him. He gets stuck. And uh, Mario doesn't even care. <laughs> and Mario's like, it's like, get out of the way. Get out of the way. Get out of the way. He gets like I can't caught move. on a branch. Yeah. Yeah. And so he keeps going. He runs over Mar- uh, Joe's leg. And Oh, God. <laughs> and that's, when they show him pulled shot. out. When that shot when Mario pulls Joe out of the oil, the shot of his leg is just completely mangled. His foot is turning the other way. Yeah. Oh, God. I don't know exactly how they did that, but it's brilliant looking. I mean, it it, it is as real looking as anything. It was was probably crushed. And you know what it probably was is they cut a hole in his pant leg as his his other leg is down. They put the shoe and they attached Uh his shoe soccer to the pants and just sort of floated it there. (laughs) That's probably all it is. But it looks it looks so freaking real. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's it's really (laughs) disturbing. Ah. Oh, this is kind of where... Um, this is where they're stopped by the soldiers in Sorcerer. Yes, right after the other truck has exploded. Yeah, so there's not really a, a scene that's the same uh, in Sorcerer as the pool of oil. It's... Well, I take that back. There is something that disables the truck, um, but that's something different. But you have this whole uh, thing, you know, where they get through the oil in wages, right? And Joe is starting to get delirious and, you know, he just says, you know, there's nothing. And that is one of these themes, you know, this nihilistic idea that you are born, you are mistreated, the world is cruel, and then there's nothing. Yeah. Because they're talking about... Um, <laughs> That's like, it's, it's bleak. It's yeah, a dark film. Yeah. They're talking about yeah. like a, a street in Paris that they both know uh-huh. or something. Yeah. And... Uh, Joe's Joe remembers there being a fence and he's asking like what was beyond the fence there was nothing <laughs> yeah that's what he that's yeah. what he says yeah and he dies right before they make it to where they, they were they, going yeah uh, he has a line yeah. too that I really liked um Joe as he's kind of laying there because um uh, dying in the truck they're both covered you know in the oil and Mario I think has a little bit a little bit more of a heart for him and in, in these scenes when he sees what he's yeah, done to so. him uh-huh. uh, Joe has a line too uh, he says like I'm not nitroglycerin I'm not dangerous anymore you know right <laughs> probably just because of, of what they've been through and what they've all seem to have kind of realized maybe about life yeah that there's nothing kind of thing which is kind of the same thing that jackie has when he has his like little hallucination sequence right right but even yeah that's right but even before that i mean you have their encounter with the like guerrilla soldiers i don't know if mm-hmm. they're because yeah you get the uh impression that this country is under the rule of like a warlord you know a dictator um, uh, there are all uh, these and uh, the graffiti, graffiti on the wall um, also is like viva gutierrez yeah. or something and it's like this uh, yeah. picture of this one guy yeah and so this is where it is helpful to have 
a gangster on your side because sure. he has a gun with him. Uh, sure. <laughs> and he, and he, uh, but yeah, in, in this, I mean, basically everybody dies. I mean, it, it, or or I know that he technically, you know, he gets shot. Not mm-hmm. not uh, Jackie, but um, what's his name? God, Nilo. Nilo gets uh, shot, but he also takes out all four of the yeah. soldiers as well. Uh, so he's shot. He's lying on the floor. So it's a little bit similar to you know the death of of uh, Joe, though there's never the connection between Joe yeah. and uh, between uh, Nikki. Uh, yeah, between Jackie and uh, Nilo that there is between the other guys yeah. um, in wages. So. So then we end up this whole scene, you know, where he's driving in the desert, sort of that desolate. It, it almost looks it's like so a like weird a, looking. Yeah. Yeah. It's a surrealist painting kind of. Look. It is. I was like, it's either it's either making me think of like um, a cave or like glaciers mm-hmm. almost kind yeah. of because it's so the the landscape is so white and there's all those like weird formations that he's driving through. And it's like, it's really freaky looking. It's almost like he's driving through hell at this it point. Is. You know, there's a there's a sense that, you know, almost we like thought... an opposite hell of like what he's in. Because like, right. like I said, because it, it kind of reminds like I said, it, like kind of reminded me of like glaciers of like cold like the not not the jungle mm. you know you know i'd have to watch this with with this whole idea of various circles of hell in mind but i wonder <laughs> if there's sort of like nine circles you know <laughs> that, that, in the i mean i Maybe. don't know I'd, I'd probably be overthinking it if it's sort of a dante thing or not mm. but i mean uh, but obvious okay so friedkin is a great uh lover of art of like visual art, right? And so I imagine that he found this landscape, you know, thinking surrealists, you know, thinking Dali and um, other other surrealist painters. You know, he would be able to name one who's much more <laughs> of a deep cut, I suppose, than Dali is. But but it just I can't. I'm sorry. I got nothing. But it, yeah, it, <laughs> but just go you. right. But just go deeper and deeper into this into this world, right? And these hallucinations are incredible. Uh, the way this is done is amazing, where he's just seeing the images from various sections that we've seen in the movie. I mean, mm-hmm. just the, but the flashes when they're brought into this moment, the meaning of them is seems so different. But then the truck stops entirely, and you know he, he pulls the, the starter pulls out. He, nothing. I mean, mm-hmm. he can't do anything. Um, so the ending of this is pretty different. I mean, where he actually walks huh. with one of those cases, the last, who knows how far. Yeah, seriously. Uh, who is. knows how close he is to where he's going. Yeah. Because you kind of get a sense too, like after after the other truck has exploded, there's a shot of him and Nilo, their faces. They they both look like ghost white and like they've aged like yes. 20 years, you know, mm-hmm. in this time period <laughs> that they've been on this journey, which has only been like 200 yeah. miles, but it, they've been through obviously so much more. And yeah, he's been, he's carrying in that last case. He just looks like completely out of it. He's, he's covered in dust. He's covered yeah. in mud. He's still, he's just blood on him. I mean, he's spent entirely. And, you know, but the same is true, of course, of, of Mario too, mm-hmm. you know, when that part where he gets out of the truck and he just walks toward the fire and then he just collapses just passes out <laughs> yeah they, they just said yeah he's is he okay is he dead it's like, it's like no, no he just sa- fell asleep he is sound asleep <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like just completely fell asleep but that shot the way they fall is almost identical in both movies 
Is it? And I'm sure <laughs> oh, that was done on purpose. I think so. Where yeah. they're just in front of the front of the fire, and they 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 do a little bit more um, coverage in Wages of Fear. You see his face, you see his back. Whereas Roy Scheider, they just show him hand over the the box, and he just falls over. Yeah, and it's like a long shot from the back, and it's it's a beautiful shot, and that that flame, the fire going. In, mm-hmm. in the background there is it's 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 very cool it's an incredible <laughs> shot i also um just like the explosions and stuff in sorcerer obviously are a lot better and more exciting like i love the scene where they're um with the tree i didn't i forgot to mention oh like, yeah just because it's so it's so quick and so loud and so big and he yeah. just I, I just love the way that that plays out because it's like you you see the thing fall and it's just like Boom. Mm-hmm. It's so cool looking it's like, in. <laughs> and, you know, they, they, and what's great is, you know, in 1977, they actually blew up a tree. Right. You know, I mean, it, it's not some CGI thing. They actually blew that thing up. And then with and the it's, fire, when the yeah. oil well like first explodes and there's just like that mushroom cloud. And it just, uh, yeah, it's very intense. Yeah. <laughs> Though I got to say, when they blow up the boulder in, in Wages of Fear, that's a pretty impressive explosion, yeah. too. It you was. Know? <laughs> and you see the sort of already exploded truck because you don't see it blow up. You see it sort of the cloud of it. Uh-huh. Whereas in Sorcerer, you actually see it explode, yeah. um, which is pretty cool. You know, <laughs> that, unfortunately, there are characters we like in there, but you know what? I mean. The truck fucking disintegrates, too. <laughs> yes. As it's rolling down, going down that hill. Oh, my God. That yeah. also just kind of like makes you realize just like how even more dangerous this was. Like this truck was so like old and hobbled together. Uh, yeah. The way that it falls apart. Oh, I know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, geez, this is just both of these movies are masterpieces in are. so many for so many reasons. The endings okay. also. The endings are are <laughs> interesting. Oh, so okay. <laughs> both both of these movies, I was like, I remembered the endings in both cases. I didn't remember the Wages of Fear ending until like as it was starting, and then I was like, Oh, that's right. Well, no, it's <laughs> so weird because the first time I saw it, I kind of was like, Oh, I hate this. I don't like what he's doing here at all. Because <laughs> all of because it seems so happy. I was like, he, Mario's like, oh. fine. Mario's fine. He gets paid. They're, he's like going to drive back to the town. He's and like, they're no. preparing and yeah. they're all dancing and they're all waltzing and they're all so joyous. He's coming back. Linda's like, look, Mario's going to be here in two hours, you know, and he's, they say like, oh, we got someone else that can drive you back. And he's like, no, I'm going to drive myself. I got this now. You know, like he's, again, he's got that feeling of like, I've cheated death. I'm kind of invincible now, yeah. I think is what he's mm-hmm. feeling. I think that's what it is. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Because the whole time well, he that he's driving back, around. he's swerving back and forth, just having so much fun. Like, la la la, there's no nitro in the back of my truck. This time I can do whatever I want. I can drive however I want and it's not going to be a problem. Uh-uh. And then, <laughs> seriously, they should show the ending of this movie in driver's ed classes. <laughs> it's like, just don't fuck around behind the wheel. Seriously. Okay? You know, and because he, he goes off the edge of the cliff and he's dead. Okay. Yep. And they show him with the ticket in his hand yep. at the end. The little metro and the ticket. flames around it. Oh, gosh. People back at where he was going are just dancing <laughs> together with music, waiting for him I to know. come back. <sighs> and I'm like, I, I think I just wrote at the end of, of my notes on both of them, I just wrote in big capital letters, bleak, bleak. Yeah. <laughs> B-L-E-A-K, um, because in Sorcerer, 
Um, it's a little bit more ambiguous, but it's still it's pretty damn dark. He's back. I get it. And more the now. thing is that they they could have cut it earlier. They could have cut it a little earlier because, and it would have been just as effective, I think, mm-hmm. um, because the part where he's sitting at at the table and they just have that close up on his face that holds forever, and he's still just chalk white, and he's got the ch- his lips are all chapped and everything, thousand yard stare. You know, it could have ended there and been really effective. I think so. Yeah. I think that would have been a really, really strong ending too. And I would have been fine with that ending, but he decides to uh, dance with the woman who works there. When that Victor was friendly with. Yeah. Yeah. So he's dancing with her and it's very nice. It's a little waltz. I think it's, it's, I don't think it's the same music as the, as wages, but it's, you know, it's a little bit of a nod to the ending of wages. I think. Mm Mm-hmm. The and then the taxi yeah. pulls up outside and the two hitmen who have been seeking him get out of the car. And then it just pulls yeah. back. I mean, just that big wide shot. You see the soldiers going by in the truck too, which is an interesting touch. And then it's like, and that's the end. I mean, so again, it's just bleak. It's just like you've made it, but you didn't make it. Maybe he got away, Brian. We don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't I think, think so either. <laughs> this, the worldview of both of these movies, yeah, is not. There's no way. There's no getting out could, of here. That, fr- frankly, the worldview of both of these movies, there's no way that either of them could have survived and yeah. had the ending be satisfying. You know, sure. because it's just like it would have been untrue to the to the movie. I think so. In no. both cases. And neither of and both of these movies have had kind of a tough road because Wages of Fear, I guess, was like a big hit at Cannes uh, in 1953, and then it was cut way down some of the scenes especially involving the corporation southern oil company were cut out uh for the american release so it was like a half hour shorter um (laughs) in the original american release um until it was restored by kino and then criterion um has released it in its full version this is one of the first criterions i ever bought Oh, I actually <laughs> bought this one fairly recently, uh, to be honest. But yeah, it's it's one that I'm so glad I picked up. Yeah. Now, Sorcerer is kind of a heartbreaker. I mean, okay, tell because, me because okay, here's what happened. Tell me, so tell me a little story, had, right? Tell you a little story. So he was uh, Friedkin was given all this dough to make this movie because of The Exorcist being such a big hit, mm-hmm. and he he okay. The title in his book <laughs> on Sorcerer is called Hubris. Okay. Because he felt he was kind of like, you know, like Jackie, I'm invincible. <laughs> you know, I mean, I can do I can do anything. Right. And he made a hell of a great movie. But then it was released. People were like thinking The Exorcist because of the title. <laughs> There's no sorcery in this movie. What's going on? There's no sorcery in this movie. But it was released around the same time as a little movie called Star Wars. Oh, that's that right. <laughs> basically 77 right <laughs> yeah that that destroyed everything else oh yeah okay damn it um okay so let's, so i have let's, a good reason this, to, to not be into star wars no no, no 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 star wars is awesome <laughs> but the, here's here's the thing here's the thing there's enough room in the world for all kinds of movies all right but here's the thing. Okay, to put it in perspective, Jaws in 1975, two years earlier, was the mm-hmm. first movie to break the $100 million mark. Sorry. And it broke it by a little bit. Star Wars, on its original release in 1977, made $400 million. Okay, so that is... 
<laughs> that's wiping out everything. I don't think yeah. we have a concept of how big this movie was. I mean, even except, you know, maybe those of us who are a little bit older, like, you know, Titan- remember Titanic well. That was that kind of juggernaut that just yeah. wiped out everything else. Um, but even but even Avatar and Spider-Man and stuff like that, there's still room for other stuff to happen even while those are happening, right? Not with Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars, it didn't seem like there was, unfortunately. Yeah. And the thing is, some we're kind of, okay, but you also got to remember, the 70s were a period of bleak, bleak films. I mean, everything was pretty gnarly coming out for most of the decade, right? So people were more wanting something like a Star Wars. Yeah, I think Star Wars was 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 escapism and Sorcerer was not, you know. Um, So I kind of get it at the time, I guess. But at the same time, I'm so glad this movie has sort of become a cult, has developed this cult, you know, and people have really come along to champion. I actually only heard about it a couple of years ago. Um, because yeah, I, what happened was I was reading this book called Harlan Ellison's watching, and it's a series of essays by, uh, him. He's a, he's a science fiction. Yeah. Best known as a, he would hate that. I use the word science fiction, but he's no longer with us. So what does it matter? Um, but (laughs) he, uh, 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 he speculative fiction is what he liked to say he wrote. Um, but you know, he's, he wrote, you know, science fiction, horror, fantasy um but he also was a pretty strong pretty good critic i mean he wrote some really good film essays and he wrote i can't even remember what they they would some of these essays kind of ramble but they're really fun to read anyway and he was talking about william friedkin and he had released a movie he didn't particularly like i can't remember what it was it doesn't matter but he says you know my favorite william friedkin movie is not the exorcist it's this movie called sorcerer that nobody saw and it said it's a remake of Wages of Fear. And it was like, as soon as I heard that, I was like, okay, I've got to see this movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so I sought it out. I, I managed to be able to see it on uh, sort of a lousy DVD copy that mm-hmm. my local library had. Not even my local library it was actually one that was out in another city nearby that I was able to get a library card to. And, <laughs> and so I, the first time I saw it, I saw it on DVD and sort of this cropped format the the color wasn't very good the transfer wasn't very good but still it was really really effective anyway and so now seeing it on blu-ray and the blu-ray's not that expensive my i got mine for like 10 bucks i think exactly and so i mean so to be able to see this movie and to see and it's a good transfer it looks good there's no special features there's none of that on it but it's a film that deserves to be seen more yeah I kind of um, had the same thing, I remember, because I've known about The Wages of Fear for a lot longer because of Diabolique. Uh-huh, me too. I love Diabolique mm-hmm. so much. And so I heard about this other movie that Clouseau had done. So I totally sought that out. And I I hadn't heard of Sorcerer either until a few years ago. I think I had heard the title Sorcerer before. And it wasn't until I, I somehow someone said that it was a remake of wages because you wouldn't know from the title sorcerer that it would be a remake of the wages of fear you know and especially it being the follow-up to william friedkin's you know most successful movie which is about um you know demons and you know the (laughs) supernatural you would think it maybe he was going to do something but no william friedkin did not repeat himself I mean, he, he has he has an incredibly diverse catalog. I mean, you, you look at his movies, an incredible catalog. Yeah, so I had heard the title Sorcerer, and when I connected that it was a remake of this, that's when I finally saw it. And 
yeah, blew me away. Yeah, and another thing, I mean, my recommendation is another thing that'll probably help hopefully bring some attention to has i think brought some more attention to it as well so so are we still are we still on opposite sides of the fence here i don't know anymore because <laughs> okay before well, before this my i preferred wages of fear and brian preferred sorcerer i think more are we both kind of feeling that or now i can't decide i think i don't know for me i probably if i had to pick i'd probably pick sorcerer but i mean like i said it's just absolute millimeters uh, it's not that one is even necessarily better than the other it's just how it's just how do you like <laughs> how how do you like your your unbearable tension <laughs> <laughs> do you want more stuff with the characters maybe watch wages of fear do you want more background on the, but at those the same time characters? i mean watch there's sorcerer, a lot of you know yeah exactly and sorcerer that's not in wages exactly as well. so i mean it's 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 I don't think either one really short changes the characters. Uh, like I said, they in, I think they yeah it's they so, have the same major plot points. Some one of them does some things maybe better than the other, and vice versa. But I think putting them together and watching them as close as you can maybe together it does feel like one complete story to me and i kind of uh, like yeah, looking uh, at i kind of like looking at him like that <laughs> and it's funny because a lot of times when because i was really i was a little nervous about this one doing this show because i <laughs> i remembered them being so much more similar than they actually are i did too I, I think they actually complement each other more than it's like oh i'm watching the same movie twice when you sometimes it feels like that when you watch a remake, but that's not the case here. No, I think they're different enough that you can really engage with both, even watching them close together. I mean, I wouldn't highly recommend doing a double feature of Silent Night, Deadly Night, and Silent Night, Deadly Night Part Two. That's because those are exactly the same thing. These are not <laughs> that. Okay, right. <laughs> these are these are really, 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 really different. That's why I was wondering too, like before. I rewatched these because we had said in the Invisible Man episode that we kind of wanted ones that were a little bit more different than rather than the same thing. And then I got to thinking, right. I was like, are then, wages and sorcerer with... kind of similar? And then you watch them yeah. and no, they're not <laughs> really. Yeah. And the thing is, I don't think we thought about it that much. We were just yeah. like, we would love to cover these movies. And that's, I think so. <laughs> you know, whereas some of our other picks are going to be farther removed from yes. each other in similarity. I'm really looking forward to more of our remakes uh, to come and hope you uh, have been enjoying these as well. Okay. So do you, we have a couple of quick recommendations for you. Yes, we do. Uh, we'll just do mine first since I didn't really have anything. This was another like last minute pick and maybe it's a little self-indulgent, but again, if you don't, you know, promote yourself, then no one else is going to do it for you. Go back and listen to one of our forever favorite uh, episodes, um, episode number 10, when we did our second picks for that. Um, that was uh, The Bride of Frankenstein and Henri Clouseau's Diabolique. Because yeah. I really, I actually really like that discussion that we had about Diabolique. It's, it's so fun talking about that movie. Mm -hmm. And, um, you yeah, know, obviously there's a Clouseau and Vera Clouseau connection. Yeah. Um, that's one of our earlier episodes that I really, really like. And the Bride of Frankenstein um, conversation was super fun as well. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. highlight us as a recommendation. <laughs> as bad as that Sounds good. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. You know, and apparently I'm, I'm going to be on um, Psychoanalysis Pod. 
uh, one of their comfort horror episodes. I'm going to be talking about the original Frankenstein. Ah, so I'm excited nice. to do that because nice. you know how much I love Universal Monster. Movies, yeah, so. that's pretty um, cool. Yeah, so I'm excited about that. Um, who knows? I may even have aired by the time this one does. I'm not okay. sure. <laughs> I don't know what the schedule is over there. Oh, also, you because you texted me this and because I don't think we said it expo- explicitly, Vera Cluzo is kind of hot in both of these. So, yeah. She is hot. <laughs> there is yes. a there's a she's, shot. It's kind of there, funny. There, there's a shot in this one where <laughs> you almost you almost one. get a nipple. She's well, and also she's often like um scrubbing the floors and there's yeah. a shot of her like but like swaying back and forth it's kind of uh, cute and funny i you, like it yeah you almost <laughs> you, you almost get a little a little nipple in this one it's, i didn't pay attention uh, that close you're paying attention closer what? than i was this time <laughs> i thought sure you would notice no that. i didn't uh, oh, oh that's surprising okay. well you're gonna just have to watch it i'm gonna have again. to watch it again damn it <laughs> it's not quite it's not quite but it's close look for the nip slip <laughs> Oh, uh, we really brought that down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now, um, moving on. Anyway. Um, that's what we do I here, am, Brian. <laughs> that's, this is why we're here. This is why we're here. We should start one of those websites, you know, <laughs> every, every time there's, there's nudity in a movie. Hey. <laughs> you know, um, I'd be all over that. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm going to recommend uh, William Friedkin's memoir, The Friedkin Connection. Yeah. Uh and as I already said, you know, the chapter in his book on Sorcerer is called Hubris. And uh, it's a fascinating chapter. The whole book is remarkable. If you've ever if you've ever seen interviews with Friedkin, especially in his older age, uh, like the one that he did on The Exorcist that came out last year, I think, Leap of Faith. Oh, right, right. It is a terrific, I mean, you, but. That's just on The Exorcist. This is like getting one of those interviews about how every recent, single one of his movies. Say, how recent is it? Is it cover his whole? Yeah, it goes all the way up to Killer Joe. And so uh, the year, oh man, Amazon, I hate you. Why aren't you? doesn't say what year it came out. Oh, yeah, it, it came out in, in 2014. So it covers all of his career up in that every movie he's made up until now. It's fascinating i mean it's one of the really good uh i i haven't read a lot of crappy ones though i gotta admit uh of (laughs) like filmmaker memoirs it's really interesting and i hadn't realized how many he's one of those directors a little like orson wells you know we know about the big ones we know about citizen kane right here we know about the exorcist we know about the french connection we're starting to know about sorcerer but he made so many great movies. He made a lot of really good movies. And he's not very complimentary about a lot of his movies, sorry to say. <laughs> uh, he seems to be proud of them in some way, but also like, oh, I could have done this better. He's pretty self-critical, but not in a way that's a downer, I don't think. he's He really um, is proud of his more recent work. Uh, he talks about Bug and Killer Joe. I love Joe Bug. A, yes, thank you. With, <laughs> with a great amount of pride, as he should, because I good, think those okay. movies are terrific. <laughs> Bug is amazing and he he's, talks about you know his uh, stuff that he's been doing with opera and stuff it's it's really interesting just this guy has this love of art forms of all kinds and he's so knowledgeable but he tells the tells these stories in a way that is very accessible and like a good storyteller 
And uh, it's a it's a terrific book. I really, really hope that um, more people should read it. But I know it's already been a bestseller as it deserves to be. And it's really a great book. You're much better at like reading and getting those um, filmmaker memoirs. I got to get into those. I only have the one, the one on Wes Craven. I'm still in the middle of it. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I think those I'm, would be fascinating. Maybe I'll be as smart I'm actually, as you <laughs> if I actually read those. I, I have a lot more of those books than I've read, though. I got to admit, I've got some on my, I have a Frank Capra one. I've got a Alfred Hitchcock. I've got Henry Fonda. I've got Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee and all sorts of characters that, and I haven't read a single one of those. Um, I've got both volumes of Michael Powell's uh, autobiography uh, and I've not read them, but you have them. That's the first step. That's right. I did. I did recently read a great autobiography, though, and this is off the subject. But I read Roger Corman's autobiography, um, "How I Made a Million, uh, How I Made a Hundred Movies in Hollywood and Never Lost a Dime," uh, and it is fantastic. Nice, <laughs> it's so good. I bet it is. <laughs> oh man, another guy who's just a great interview, a great storyteller. You know? oh, I bet. <laughs> yeah, and this and that only goes up to 1989, so he hadn't even started directing. Um, his last movie that he directed uh, Frankenstein unbound when he, uh, when he wrote that book. So yeah. Okay, cool. All right. What do we got coming up next time? Well, speaking of we uh, filmmakers, yeah. speaking of filmmakers that we love and um, movies, this is not an official films on filmmaking episode, but it's is. sort of one. We talked in depth about the first film in this series and we both, deeply 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 love this installment so we had to bring out from Wes Craven Wes Craven's new nightmare yes which you know I'm always excited to talk about Wes Craven and I am well I need to watch this movie for again for research anyway Uh, so (laughs) but what um, what am I talking about yeah Um, I can probably say but I can save it for next episode. I think we'll need an, uh, some time in this episode too, just to talk about what we've talked about two of his movies, but we haven't really had a chance to talk about Wes Craven really. And like why we're so um, enamored with him and love him so much. I think we should have yeah. a little Wes Craven. And I think, I think um, the fact that Wes Craven is such an important part, like he's yeah. physically in, he's in new, the movie. new Nightmare um, sort of gives it a good reason to talk about him just as a human and as a director. Uh, I think that lends itself well to having a discussion about the man himself uh, as well as the uh, film uh, that he's involved in, you know, and I got to say bringing back Heather Langenkamp and John Saxon and bringing in, of course, Robert England, you know, back for this is just kind of like ingenious the way it's done. And, and I'm very excited to just dive deep into this movie because yeah. i haven't actually done that you have you talked about it on pod and the pendulum yeah. but i've never gotten to talk about it on its own so i'm excited to do that i'm excited to talk about, it with you, about it. another yeah. craven fan and yeah this is another one of our just kind of like the goodfellas dr sleep thing where we just wanted to talk about one movie that we both really really love so this is our gush episode and there will be no lack of gushing because this I agree that this is probably the second best of the Nightmare series, but it's my personal favorite is New Nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. It's my, it, 
the the original I think is the best and my favorite. So I uh, mean, it's it's, well, I mean, it's that's obvious. that ground for me. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, yeah, if you don't know that by now. What show are you listening to? But um, it's <laughs> but yeah, uh, this movie is yeah. This is my second favorite of the series, but it's yeah. it's up there. It's it's very very close, and it's one my son really responded to as well. I didn't think he Good. would, but he uh, he really enjoyed it. Okay, so instead of going long about that now we should probably save it for the episode next uh, time but i totally uh, could like right now like without even rewatching I it I, we could go into a discussion about that we probably right now. could we probably could <laughs> but, I but we're gonna to go ahead again. and save it yeah we're gonna go ahead and save it for next time and uh real quick you can find me on twitter at brian d kuiper you can find me at michelle in Agen. and you can find the show at movie life pod and what are we gonna do we will see you all next time bye bye